0: So today we are continuing with our series through the life of Moses, also titled Forged in Fire, which is honestly a very cool TV show. I love watching them, like, forge different knives and different weapons from, like, ancient times, and they test them, and it kind of always hurts a little whenever they break them, but it's part of the show. Anyways, so kind of recapping the last five weeks— Exodus is the road out or the way out, for those of you who didn't uh, know that. Week one, we talked about how there was a great persecution against the Israelites, but through that persecution, there was multiplication, and we talked about the sovereignty of God. Week two, we talked about Moses' great-grandfather, how it was Levi, and the importance of that, and the faith that his parents had to put him in the ark and trusting that God would take care of the rest. Week three, we talked about how Moses was in Egypt for 40 years and in Midian for 40 years, and that there was significance in both, and how God used the 40 years in each to shape Moses into the leader he needed to become, and how God uses Egypt or Midian-type experiences to mold us as well. In week four, we talked about how Moses was faithful, He was humbled, he was humble and he was humbled. He was available, and he was watching and listening as he was at the burning bush, and how we need to do the same thing. And then last week, we talked about how it's not about who we are. Moses asked God, well, who am I? And God said, well, it's not about who you are, it's about who I am. And about God's calling for our lives. If you guys want to know more about this, you guys can go ahead and check out our YouTube or our Facebook. We have them on. Those who are watching online obviously already know about those services, but feel free to look up previous weeks and catch up on anything you missed. So today we are going to go ahead and uh, pick up in Exodus chapter 4. If you guys want to go ahead and turn there, we're going to be talking about excuses. So while you guys are turning there, I have a story. Jones came into the office an hour late for the third time in one week and found the boss waiting for him. What's the story this time, Jones? He asked sarcastically. Let's hear a good excuse for a change. Jones sighed, everything went wrong this morning boss The wife decided to drive me to the station, she got ready in 10 minutes But then the drawbridge got stuck Rather than let you down, I swam across the river Look, my suit is still damp Ran out to the airport, got a ride on Mr. Thompson's helicopter Landed on top of Radio City Music Hall And was carried here piggybacked by one of the Rockettes The boss looked at him You'll have to do better than that, Jones, boss said, disappointingly. obviously disappointed. No woman can ever get ready in 10 minutes. <laughs> so, like I said, we're going to be talking about excuses. Moses was full of excuses. So, we get to the burning bush. God gives him a plan. And now we're going to be picking up at Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Then Moses answered, But behold, They will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. Right there, first verse, Moses trying to get out of what God has called him to do. But the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A staff. And he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. So I thought about for this part. I had, like, a walking stick and bringing it. And then having a cage of, like, snakes up here that you guys don't know about and, like, pulling one out. But I figured I'd save everyone from any heart attacks or anything that might happen, so. But the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord, that they may believe that the, Lord the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, he of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside the cloak, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, maybe they will believe the latter sign. But, it, but if they but if they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground, and the water you should take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. I don't know about you, but that last one would be pretty convincing to me. You get a cup of water, someone walks up in front of you and just pours it on the ground, and all of a sudden it turns to blood like. Can you explain that away in any way? Rod turned, or the staff turns to a snake. Okay, well, the snake was hidden in the staff or something, and I can't see the staff anymore. Leprous, well, it, he had sharpies in his hand, in his cloak. He turned his hand to make it look like leprous by drawing all over it real quick. But that blood to, or water to blood is pretty big. As we continue on in verse 10, But Moses said to the Lord, "Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in." Pe- Either in the past, since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Come on, Moses! Really, God just gave you all these signs, and now you're saying, "Well, I can't talk very well." Maybe that's maybe that'll get me out of it. Then the Lord said to him, "Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf, or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord?" Now, therefore, go, and I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Boom, got an answer. But once again, Moses comes back, but he said, Oh, Lord, please send someone else. He's kind of ran out of excuses and just like begging, like, No, I don't want to do this. Send someone else. Mom, I don't want to get up for school. and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. There's a lot going on there. A lot of excuses, a lot of answers, a lot of problems, a lot of solutions. Starting off in the beginning, if I was Moses, I would kind of be at that same point. If I was to go to someone and say, I am sent me. Would that make any sense? I am sent me. Well okay. Well good for you. So he kind of has his doubts. It's like, well, if they don't believe you sent me, they're not going to. What's gonna happen? could be going through Moses' head. This sounds really hard. I don't want to do this. This is going to be a lot of work. Maybe if I come up with a good enough excuse, I can get out of this. Maybe if I can weasel my way out of this, kind of get God's focus on someone else away from me, maybe someone else can do this. Have you ever been in that situation before? You kind of got this project that you're supposed to be doing or this assignment at work you're supposed to be doing and you really don't want to do it. So you kind of push it off, push it off, push it off. As long as you can, hoping maybe the boss will be like, hey, I need this done, I just want this person to do it instead. I've been there. I don't want to do stuff, and when I don't want to do stuff, I try pushing it off as long as possible. To the last possible minute, hoping maybe it'll go away, magically disappear, poof. And it's so easy to try to come up with excuses to get out of what you don't want to do. You don't want to go to work? My tummy hurts. You don't want to do your homework? Maybe the teacher will believe my dog ate it. Anything that you can come up with, whenever you don't want to do something, it's very easy to come up with an excuse. And Moses kind of started these excuses, I don't know if you guys caught it, last week. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God, I can't do this. I'm not qualified for this. Why are they going to listen to me? Get someone better. And I mean, can you honestly blame him? I mean, look at who Pharaoh was to the Egyptians. Look at the amount of power that he had. And don't forget Moses killed a guy, he killed an Egyptian. And now God's wanting him to go back to Egypt to free the slaves that Egypt depends on. There's a lot going on there for him. So Moses comes in, verse 1, starting off strong. Well, they're not going to believe that you sent me. I'm going to say what you said, but they're not going to believe it. It's not going to work. So that brings us to our first point, god thinks all of his plans thinks his plans all the way through god told moses to do something and he had it taken care of and right after moses says well they're not going to believe me well god comes up with these okay throw your staff on the ground turn to a snake now pick it up back to your staff put your hand in your cloak pull it out it's leprous put it back in pull it out perfectly fine again And if that's not good enough, take the water, pour it on the ground, it becomes blood. God thought all of this through. Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 12. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, "He said, but I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. We're thinking short term. We have a limited scope of what we can see. And that's what we're making our decisions with. Just like Moses then. He had an idea. He saw what he knows. And he thinks that that's all that there is. God's plans might not always make sense to us at that time. Bear with me, I've used this analogy like a million times, but I think it's so applicable to this. We are trying to play checkers while God is playing chess. We're thinking of it one move at a time, we're thinking of our past, we're thinking of everything that's gone on, we're thinking about what we can see when God is seeing so far into the future. His plan doesn't just take place right here right now his plan takes place a week a month a year five years ten years down the road sometimes stuff will seem hard sometimes you might lose a pawn you might lose a rook you might lose pieces in chess but you know what you're doing you put them in that place for the greater good the bigger picture that perfect play to set up the checkmate. And God uses each, and one, each one of us for his perfect plan. God thinks his plans all the way through. Even when we have our doubts, we have our reservations, we don't know how can I do this? God knows what to do. Second thing is, you can't out excuse God. He always has an answer. We look at verses 10 through 16, and you see Moses coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse. I'm not eloquent. I can't speak. Well, I'll tell you exactly what to say. Well, send someone else. Well, your brother Aaron's on the way. I already thought about that and sent him on his way to go see you. Long before you even thought about that excuse, I already had an answer. Excuses after excuses after excuses, but God still had the answer. How many times have you tried to tell someone to do something, and they keep coming up with excuses or reasons that they can't? Maybe it was a kid. Sorry, Mom and Dad, for always coming up with excuses for everything. Kids are some of the best ones at coming up with excuses. And some of those excuses are pretty crazy. They can come up with the most elaborate, most ingenious excuses to do stuff that they don't want to do. But that's all they are. They are excuses. And when someone gives you excuse after excuse after excuse, what happens? You get mad. You start getting annoyed. You start getting a little frustrated with them. And I mean, we see this right here in verse 14. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Moses was saying, send someone else. I don't want to do this. Not today. I'm not good enough for this. And God is kind of getting fed up with it. He's like, I've given you all of these signs. I've given you all of these answers but you still keep trying to come up with excuses. Moses' excuse, not being able to talk, answer, I'll give you the words to say, and on top of that, here's your brother, who will speak for you. Our excuses are nothing to God other than a sign of our disobedience. When God tells us to do something and we're making up excuses, we're telling God, no. I don't want to do that. I am not going to do that. It's straight up and simple as that. Excuses are disobedience. And with God, our excuses are completely invalid. Our our excuses have no standing because like I said, he always has an answer. We say, what if? God says, here's how. We say, I can't. God says, I'll make a way. God has an answer for it all. When he calls you to do something, he's already thought it all out. He already has an answer for everything that's going to come your way. You just have to trust him. And that leads us to our third one, our third point. God makes sure we have what we need. I don't know if you guys caught this, but once again, Moses is probably going to try to come up with an excuse, and right away, before he could even come up with that excuse, God's like, nah, I'm going to take care of that right now. Pick up your staff and take it with you. If it was me, I'd be like, yeah, I left my staff over there. I can't do this stuff now. Sorry, God. No staff, no signs. Sorry. Out of business. And I have a question for you guys. When you read the Bible, do you guys read it in like different voices sometimes in your head? I totally do, and I don't know if I'm just weird for doing that or if other people do it too. But when I read this, I was kind of like reading this with, like, God being fed up. I was picturing him by kind of being like, you know, I know you're going to try to get out of this again by forgetting your staff, so make sure that you take it, because I am done with your excuses. Go back to Egypt. God is showing us, though, that he provides all that we need. Even before we can even think of it, God has already thought of it. God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. God makes sure that you are who you need to be to complete your task, to complete your calling. You are the perfect person. There is no one better for your calling than you. God's thought it all out, He has all His plans laid out, He has an answer for everything. He provides what we need. He makes a way for us to fulfill our calling by providing a way for us. Last week, we touched on God being I am. God is your provider. I am your provider. I am your rock. I am your mouth, in this case with Moses. I am your rescue. I am your everything. When we put our faith in God, he provides, he is all that we need. He makes sure that everything is taken care of for us. So I think this is something that's very, at least for me, very relatable I could easily put myself in Moses' shoes here. I think that this mountain in front of me is impossible to overcome. So I'm going to try to get out of it. I don't want to do this. It's too much work. It's too much effort. It's too hard. But if we look at who Moses was here, and who he was afterwards, we see an amazing growth in Moses. And that's the thing. When we follow through with God's plan for us, we will grow, we will become stronger, we will become closer to God. As the worship team goes ahead and comes back up. God makes a way for it all. Our excuses are nothing. He thinks his plans all the way through. He has an answer for every one of our excuses, and he makes sure that we have what we need. On Wednesday nights, we're going through the names of God in Exodus. We've gone through I Am, and now we've also gone through El Shaddai. All powerful, Almighty. This is the God who has called us. To follow him, called us to do amazing things. If you look at the plagues in Egypt, every single one of those plagues had an Egyptian God that was kind of over that area. Even all the way down to the last death of the firstborn son. Who was the one who originally put out the decree to kill all the boys, all the Israelite boys? Pharaoh. Pharaoh was considered a god in Egypt, and yet God still showed his power over all of this, over all of them, made a way for the Israelites, made a way for Moses to lead them out of Egypt. God doesn't just do things half-heartedly. He doesn't just start the plan and leave it for us to finish. God stays with us through it all. Follows with us minute by minute, second by second, and makes sure we're taken care of to fulfill our calling. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be butterflies and kittens and rainbows. It might lead you to a remote, another country that is completely against Christianity. It might lead you to talk to this person at work that you really don't like. It might be reaching out to this random person at a Walmart or a Meyer. If God's called you to do it, he has made a way. He will make sure you're taken care of. He doesn't want your excuses. He wants your yes. Excuses are Disobedience. So, as we go ahead and sing this song again, I encourage you. If God has called you to do something and you're hesitant about it, you're like, well, I don't feel like I am good enough. I don't feel like I can do this. I encourage you to come up to the altar and pour it out to God. Tell God, I need you. I don't want to make excuses. I don't want to say no. Help me to follow. Maybe you're already on that path and you're following out God's plan for your life. And it seems hard, you're at a rough spot. Call out to God and say, help me. You provide for those who are following you. You provide what we need. Give me the strength, give me the encouragement, give me what I need to make it through. can't be like Moses and make excuses. We can't turn away from God's calling. We see it time and time again in the Bible. What happens when people turn away from God's calling? We can't be like that. So again, as we sing this last song, I encourage you come up to the altar, whether you're at that point of struggling to follow God's calling, or you just need that encouragement, that lifting up to continue going through.